Hi, Kirk Day School. My name is Maria Massey, and I am the assistant head of school. And I'm coming on to give you guys a little intro to this podcast. As you may know, every year we invite the fourth, fifth, and sixth grade students to participate in a talk given by Westminster counselor Molly Fitzy. And in this talk, she talks about our changing bodies, normalizes and validates the experience of puberty, and has a really fun and, and healthy conversation with our students. She has also, in the past, given a talk to our parents about how to give the talk to their own children. And with all that's going on right now, we were unable to record a new podcast with her, but thought that it was still important that we put this conversation on your radar. So we are re-releasing the episode from last year where she came and spoke to Taylor and me about this conversation. We hope you guys enjoy. I will say if you have little ones in the car uh, or they're, you're listening to this in your house, maybe wear headphones or wait until the little ones aren't around as there is some mature content in this episode. Thank you guys for your partnership, and we look forward to sharing more episodes with you in the future. My name is Taylor Clement. I'm the head of school at Kirk Day School. I'm Maria Massey. I'm the school counselor at Kirk Day School. My name is Molly Fitzy, and I am the 7th and 8th grade counselor at Westminster Christian Academy. And parents... Our goal, as always, is to walk through issues and give tools and considerations and your parenting topics on issues that our students face each day. And a disclaimer for this podcast, we're going to be talking about more sensitive topic than usual, and that is the topic of sex. So if you are in the car, you might want to take a moment and either turn the volume down or find another time to, to listen to this alone without your students near Uh, at least preview this before you do speak with them about the topic. But every year we bring Miss Fitzy in to have a conversation with our 5th and 6th graders as well as 4th graders now to begin to talk about the topic of sexuality. You've heard Dr. Doriani on the podcast uh, talking about gender and the gender question and identity as well. But today we get to have the wonderful Molly Fitzy come in and speak with us. So Molly, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, start and just tell us a little bit about you. Who are you? Who's your family? Why is this topic important to you? Mm -hmm. Well, I have been a school counselor now 13 years, going on 14, and I've been in Christian education the entire time, and I've loved it so much. Um, Started off with middle schoolers and took some time off to have my children, and then I went back to an elementary school and did like three-year-old through sixth grade and now I'm back in my same position with the seventh and eighth graders and um, I just love it. I came to St. Louis for my master's of counseling which is where I met my husband who is also a counselor and a professor here in St. Louis. Um, We have three children, um, a daughter who's in seventh grade, a son who's in fifth grade, and another daughter who's in second grade. Mark and I have always had just a heart for talking about sex and sexuality with people, especially parents, because we live in a time that everything is over-sexualized, and instead of running from it, which can sadly be what Christians do, um, we really find ourselves having the talk a lot of times of how can we be in this world but not of it, and God created sex, not people, so what does it look like for us to go back to the creator of sex and break it down for parents to understand more, for children to understand more from a biblical perspective, and then how to um, go out into this world with that truth. Breaking it down even more, um, I am really big on children and teenagers not walking through life with shame. Mm. And they experience their bodies a lot earlier than we realize. And so for me to give words and terms to what is natural, 
what is normal, what is God created. My hope is that kids and teenagers hear like, oh, that has happened to me. I'm not weird. Nope. Or, huh, I don't even know what you're talking about. But at least they're prepped in advance. So when something does come up in the future, um, they can go, oh, yeah, I've been told about this, whether it's from me or their parents or a trusted adult. Um, so it's just, it's, it's important to me. The other piece is um, growing up in the 80s and 90s as a Christian, there was so much about the, um, the you know, the purity contracts and sex was seen as bad. And all of a sudden, I, you know, after I got married, I just thought, there is something about this that's not right. Well, ironically, a lot of people in my generation were thinking the same thing. It's like, I just feel like there's been this movement of how can we teach teenagers, kids, even adults about how to teach one another sex is not dirty or gross or bad. It is really great. It's designed by God. However, (laughs) there is a time for it and there's a way to teach it that is makes it beautiful and it preserves it to be sacred um, without trying to make it um, more glamorous than it is, but promote it for being an act of worship for the Lord after marriage. It's a very long answer. A very That's great. Good answer. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's start, let's start here. So I, I've told both of you before, that one of the most shocking things to me was when somebody made the bold statement that Google is becoming the sex educator of our kids. Mm -hmm. So we all have Google. We have it on our phone. Uh, Even if you don't have a Google browser, typically the default search engine for anyone these days Mm -hmm. is Google, and it Mm -hmm. is becoming that. We see that as a struggle with kids. Um, The second thing is, as as many people have begun to argue, is you have to talk earlier and earlier, which Mm -hmm. both of these things were somewhat shocking, but... I heard that about four years ago, and since then, it, it is true. The, these two things are happening. Kids are discovering what sex is through Google, and they're, and the parents who are having these talks younger and younger, you're seeing a healthier understanding of a difference between secular sexuality and God-centered sexuality, which I think is huge. Mm-hmm. Sex still exists in both paradigms, mm-hmm. but, but as you mentioned, the celebration or the overexertion of what sex should be in comparison to what sex actually is mm-hmm. are vastly different concepts. And so that's definitely something, parents, where we're going to stay and, and at least play within these, these bounds of, of having this discussion today and the impact of, of your kids. Yeah, so as we think about ed- who is educating our kids, because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't always know if it's parents, mm-hmm. and not be, not for lack of wanting to, mm-hmm. as much as they get a phone mm-hmm. or they get a tablet, and mm-hmm. I imagine that opens up a whole world that even as a millennial who has grown up with these to some degree, mm-hmm. they have grown up with them more. Mm-hmm. So who is, like, the mm-hmm. education mm-hmm. Um, where our kids are getting this from? Right. Um, I believe it starts with uh, music, lyrics and songs, Mm -hmm. Uh, so so of course songs on the radio, Um, social media of course, kids sadly today, um, the age is becoming younger and younger, children having Instagram accounts, Snapchat, musically, you know the list goes on, watching TV, watching movies. You know, there you can have a lot of ratings and parental controls on cable, but not so much, you know, Hulu yeah. um, or Netflix. And even if you have, you know, your children's accounts lined up, there can still be advertisements that plant the seed. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Mm-hmm. What you what you mean by advertisements and uh-huh. where maybe at times we don't mm-hmm. we don't realize where they're coming from. So when we turn on. Um, you know, our television, and let's just say, for instance, let's say we have a Roku, and on the Roku, what pops up is, I've subscribed to Netflix, I've subscribed to Amazon Prime Video, and I've subscribed to Hulu. If I were to click on Hulu, there's typically one account, unless you make more accounts, but making more accounts, you can still see everyone's account. They're not private Mm -hmm. And 
I turn on Hulu, I might have my own list created, and the list might be Sophia the First, Elena of Avalor, Arthur and Curious George for my youngest. My son loves anything sports, so it's ESPN, 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 and European soccer. My husband loves anything to do with history, sociopaths, and psychopaths. Yeah, the Ted Bundy series. Yeah. He's popping he up loves, on my Netflix, yes. and we've already watched them. Right. So. And so he has his list, and then my list might be, you know, whatever is godly and amazing, because I am a woman of integrity, and I do not watch The Real Housewives of Pick a City. But anyway... I wondered why your email was Proverbs31 right. at gmail.com. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Um, there, would be a, there will still be an ad that comes up, and it can be something that's inappropriate. A woman dressing, um, dressed scandalously, men and women in a certain um, position. It could be a picture of a family with two dads. It can be anything that has to do with the topic of sex. And even if children haven't been taught anything, they have now seen something and a seed has been planted. Hmm. That either a question comes up or maybe a feeling comes up, like a little tingly feeling of almost like what you would call like being turned on. And that's supposed to happen because God has made us to be sexual beings but children do not know what to do with a feeling like that or how to process what they're seeing and know how to ask a question because they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. Same with Amazon Prime or Netflix. So, so that's add, I mean. like, a Victoria's Secret, which most of us as adults would, you know. Right. Um, well, and I'm thinking more of an ad of, like, a show that's coming up, a series yeah. that's coming up, yeah. a movie okay. that's coming out. Okay. So not necessarily an I ad. See, just, yes, but like um, on Hulu, you're right. They have that background Yes, right they there. do, and they're promoting something. But there yeah. are also the commercials. Yeah. Uh, well, and I it's just... interesting you say that because I think actually one of the things that, that we've seen, and so we, we do Hulu Live for our mm-hmm. cable streaming, um, and so we, we use a Roku device, mm-hmm. and Roku kind of has a, a screensaver that pops up, yeah. and it has ads that pop mm-hmm. up, and those yeah. ads are cyclical, but as they come across the screen, if my kids are playing in the, in the TV, and we leave the TV on, mm-hmm. and that screensaver's up, so nothing's really playing, mm-hmm. that the screensaver can even have kind of a, a sexualization mm-hmm. um, ad that would pop yeah. up, and it can be very miscellaneous, mm-hmm. but it's slow enough uh, across that mm-hmm. screen mm-hmm. that I think it can make an impact. So, I mean, Absolutely, you know, yeah. and, we, and we want to trust that, well, hey, we're just watching a cartoon. Hey, my child's just sure. watching a show that I've approved. I leave the room for something innocent. Put away laundry, check on another child, turn on a light because it's getting dark outside. And I'm trusting, oh, they're still watching that show, not realizing, well, a commercial is going to come up. And I can train my children all day long. Please turn your heads and close your eyes. But in all reality, we're curious people. We're sinners, too. The temptation's always going to be there. We're going to always be tempted. That's, good. That's just the reality. And to expect a child to always turn away is expecting a lot from them. Yeah. Well, on YouTube, you know, it just is Absolutely. a con- Netflix, same yep. way. It's just a continuous it is. stream. It is. And it's just sad, too, because sex sells. And... There's a new commercial out right now. It's a car commercial. These men go to a gas station in the middle of the night, and they get um, not wire cutters, but to cut something very heavy and bulky. And it seems like they're about to break into something, but what they do is they go rescue a friend off the yacht who has been handcuffed. And when he gets in the car, they're laughing. Now, it's up to us what was going on in that yacht. But for men to give that pat on the back laugh, it sure. does lean towards you are having a little fun with some woman who handcuffed you, is what it leads to, all to sell a car. My children don't understand that yet, but I'm looking at going, I just don't approve of this. Mm-hmm. So it makes me more hesitant with even watching a lot of shows on these uh, networks, if you will, 
that aren't supposed to have any commercials, but now they're starting to have more commercials. Yeah. Anyway, so children are learning from that. They're also learning from one another. Because um, if a child sees something, of course they're going to come to school or church or go out on the playground or in your neighborhood and talk about what mm-hmm. they've seen. Not in a malicious, I can't wait to ruin the innocence of my friend, but out of a, if I talk about it, I am then processing it, and even if I don't know what I'm talking about, I'm still processing it, which is how God made us. Well, then that can plant the seed for other children. So that is why talking to children, starting to talk to them at a young age um, about sexuality and body parts is so important so that we can give language to children. So if they do hear something from someone else, they can hone in on, oh, these are some terms my mom and dad have talked to me about, and these are also some terms that my mom have, and dad have said, you know what, these are topics that you may talk to us about, but we don't want you talking to anybody else about them. And if that topic comes up, we want you to come and tell us. That it's there's not shame, mm. there's not this bad taboo. Um, it's it's just, no, we don't talk about that. Yeah, but there are appropriate a, times too. Yeah. And you come, you come ask us anything you want, we will give you the answer. But if your friends are talking about body parts at recess, I would like for you just to walk away. So giving them language. I'm getting ahead of us probably. But. Well, but, but I think this brings up the point, though, is, okay, I'm a parent, and you know what? I haven't done the best job. So now I'm, I'm feeling exactly what Molly doesn't want me to feel, and that's shame. Mm-hmm. So how then would you encourage parents to say, okay, it's not too late. Here's how you can kind of mm-hmm. reengage mm-hmm. or or reposition yourself to make sure that we are addressing these mm-hmm. mistakes that we've either made or helping mm-hmm. our kids think better about sexuality or more, um, I would say, more preventative about sexuality as far as their hearts are concerned. Absolutely. The key is I like to start very early. I like to encourage parents to start very early because we are their compass. Just like mm-hmm. we teach them how to talk, we're, you know, teaching them how to walk. We're teaching them what colors are. We're teaching them letters. Like, we are teaching them the world. So our children are looking to us to learn about life. Same with sexuality and sex. That it's going to start at a young age, usually in the bathtub, or when they're running around the house naked as a jaybird, that, you know, that you talk about little body parts. And, of course, you make it fun because they're little, it doesn't need to be a very serious conversation. But you start to say, this is your penis. This is your vagina. Those are your boobies. Um, this is your bottom. And I know parents want to have cute names for them. And if you want to have the cute names, great. But have the cute names and the real terms. So that if children are ever in trouble in the you know their future, that they can tell someone they trust, this man touched my vagina. Um, so that's, that's one part. As they get older, um, I think I, I use what I call the trickle, the trickle effect, that children don't need to hear everything all at once. One, that's too overwhelming. Two, they cannot process it. Um, and three, we all grow up at a certain pace. Mm-hmm. Sex needs to be talked about kind of over time. And usually the car when it's just the two of you, is such a great time. Mm -hmm. Especially for parents that are really uncomfortable, whether they've been sexually abused in their past, pornography was shown to them at a young age, or it was around the house. And if sex was taboo or seen as gross and disgusting or um, was, in a sense, worshipped in a way that is not what God planned, there are a lot of parents that might have some very difficult feelings when it comes to sex. If that's the case, I highly recommend um, mom, dad, go see a counselor. Um, And I know, again, it's like, I don't want to go back through all of that. I've come so far. And it's like, yes, you have. And it's not about digging up the skeletons in your closet. It's just go at your own pace to get to a place where you can share the topic of sex and sexuality with your children without them seeing it through your eyes. Mm, that's a but really good way to put to, it. Yeah to, yeah, to see it through what it was meant to be. Like, 
yes, it stinks that you have been taught it in a horrible, evil way. It's not what God intended. There is redemption in this. God uses all things for good. He brings things out of sinful moments, and he uses them for his glory. So there is redemption. But to teach children what sex is through our own jaded lenses is only going to harm them when you have a moment to change history and make it positive and healthy. Um, The other piece is it doesn't always have to just be mom and dad. Like it could be mom and dad and someone you trust that is godly, but you be present, mom and dad be present, Um, whether it is a counselor or an intern in your church or whatever, that it's okay to say, hey, can you talk to my child about this, but I would like to be present. Um, Trickle effect. And it kind of just comes with the stages in life. You know, when girls were getting to a younger and younger age where girls are starting to wear little bralettes, you know, we called them training bras when we were growing up. But girls are getting little breast buds at a much younger age. I mean, you can see girls now in kindergarten, first, second grade, um, are starting to show just a little bit where that wasn't common until about fifth, sixth, seventh, back in the 80s and 90s. Um, that when you talk about, we need to buy a little bralette or a little camisole, um, and this is why. And you can start talking about why breasts are starting to form and what God uses breasts for. And at a young age, it could be one day you're going to hopefully have children and your breasts will give milk. And that milk is to keep your baby alive. Isn't that the coolest thing? And that's another big piece is show God's amazing creation as you're talking to your children. Like, look at what God is doing. That that baby can't live unless you give it part of your body. So to talk about boobs being just a really cool thing. Um, And then when your son asks you, why do I have boobs? We still say, we have no idea. (laughs) And you can just laugh like, I don't know. Maybe the Lord just wanted to add a little extra pinky color to your chest or something a little tan. Who knows? We'll ask God when we get there. But for now, boys have them. All right. They bring God glory. And you move on. Okay, so even as you're talking, like, all of a sudden I start getting, like, this tightening feeling yeah. as, as you mentioned the body parts and everything uh-huh. else. But I do feel like you're, you spin that right to where it should be. Yeah. And, and that's to the, the glorification of God, right? What's yes. the chief in demand to glorify God and enjoy him forever? Right. And, and so by doing that, I mean, what, what, what a beautiful thing that you're saying that the talk, it starts early and it's continuing. Just continuing. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you say the talk, uh-huh. you're not confining it just to this is what a man and a woman do right. when they get married. Right. Um, but this is how your body's created. Yes. Because I think, at least in my experience growing up, there was like the sex talk. Yes. And the you're going to start your period talk. Yes. And that was kind of it. Yeah. Like, I just... You just oh. kind of figure everything else yeah. out. It's Ward Cleaver sitting Wally down to say, yes. well, hey, son, while the beads outside playing, let's yep. have a conversation. Yeah. Right. And so even right. things like lipstick or eyeshadow yes. or heels, which, yes. like, again, our culture tells us one thing about uh-huh. that. We have the opportunity as parents to direct our kids' um, experience mm-hmm. of those things yeah. rather than culture or their friends, right? which is an amazing power, Yes, I mean, for lack of a better word. Yes. It's like we have the power to really influence, Yes, and it's our job to do that. Absolutely, and influence, yes, our jobs, yes, and it's also to prevent shame. Yeah. I, you know, it's like we don't have to be taught shame. That is part of the fall. Yeah. Yeah. We all have shame. And it can start at a young age, depending on what event happens or situation happens where we feel shame. Sure. So sure. Let, let me ask a question, though, about mm. shame. And I wrote, wrote this note down about clothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a few years ago, I remember I was dealing with an issue with, with a high school student uh, when I was a dean of students at a high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, a girl was coming in, and shorts were too short, mm-hmm. shirt was too low. Um, godly family told the parents. The parents said, Hey, uh, thanks for letting us know. We're just having a really tough time finding clothing that will fit our daughter without it 
being overly expressive or they're really tall and so if mm-hmm. we order something it doesn't fit in the waist or and and it, yes this is much more pronounced with girls it always has been mm-hmm. if it's a double standard so be it but what would you say to parents who say well when I even go to Target and mm-hmm. I want to you know find some cute clothes for my daughter it's mm-hmm. still tough mm-hmm. to find those things how would you do that even in an age of of Amazon absolutely well and I teach girls too because all of our body types are so different that there's this cute top and a girl and all her friends want to buy it well it's going to fit differently differently on every little, every girl especially if a girl is very developed and it's a v-neck well how low is that v-neck and how developed is she she might need to wear a little tank top underneath to cover part of the bottom part of that v there's some girls who have a much longer distance between their clavicle and um, the middle of their chest bone. And so if that's longer, then wearing a V-neck is fine, and it's conservative. For those girls who it's shorter between the breastbone and the clavicle, that V-neck's going to go down to almost the top of her stomach. Well, if you really want that shirt, fantastic. But we're going to have to wear a little tank top underneath it because I don't want your breasts out. I don't want that showing. I don't want your bra showing. Bra is for support and... um, to protect your body as you get older, um, but it's also private in many ways. So maybe we need to do a different shirt. That's one example. I I do like the term modesty. I think it's good to use that term modesty for girls. And there are girls who have really long legs. They find one skirt, it fits on a five five foot two girl adorably, and it hits you know right above the knee. But if you have a daughter that's like five, 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 six, and she's got these long legs and a short torso, well, that skirt's going to come, you know, very short. And it's hard, you know. Is it unfair? Yes, it is unfair. It's unfair that you have long legs because a lot of us would love that. But it's also unfair that you can't wear this skirt like a lot of your friends can. And we have to figure something else out. Okay, that's when it's fun to go, okay, let's get creative. How can you still wear this skirt but it still um, protect boys from stumbling. And we have to break that down. And what I'm also hearing you say is parent this issue. Yes. Because I feel like a lot of times we forget that this is still parenting. Yes, it is still parenting. And it's not a you can't, you can't wear this right. because you're... You've done something wrong, uh-huh. mm-hmm. um, or almost like this. No, you know, I just imagine, you know, people saying, "No, you have to go change that. Right. That's not okay for you to wear." It's like right. this is a much different conversation. Right. This is a joining with yeah. your kid to figure out a solution. Yes, because when we become adults, it's like most of us at some point will have to learn how to dress professionally. Does this look good on me? Is different yes. than right. the yes. Abe Lincoln Geico commercial where his wife says. Does this make me look right? Bad? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. So it's like it can be. It still can be a conversation. Yeah. The girl can still buy the V-neck. She can still wear the short skirt. But now we need to be creative. Yeah. We probably need to find a skirt to also go underneath it. Maybe we buy a little tool skirt to go underneath it. We're going to bring Cindy Lauper style back. You wear leggings. Like there are ways that these girls can still look absolutely adorable, without causing a fellow classmate who's a boy to stumble and we have to talk about what that means that these boys aren't dirty because they'll look at your legs and they start to think about sex or what's at the top of the legs Mm -hmm. it is a this is how men are and I also say are they made this way or is this because of the fall I don't know men are made to be very attracted to women yes what I mean is when I say the fall, that looking at legs and all of a sudden the temptation coming over, is that part of the fall? Or is it um, looking at the legs and not having that immediate self-control to continue thinking about whatever topic is being taught? Am I making myself clear? I just, I don't want to sound judgmental. Well, but boys are the issue. Yes. And we, of course, even see it in the elementary level of all of a sudden boys are exposed sometimes yes. rightly, sometimes wrongly uh-huh. to things way too early. Right. And in the midst of it, and by rightly meaning mm-hmm. that, that 
uncontrolled, unfortunately, like mm-hmm. we talked about earlier. But they also don't know what to do with that. Yes. Right. And so while it's coming out is a very sinful thing, they also have to also at least define innocence in the sense that, like you said earlier, they don't know what they don't know. They right. don't know that this is actually a really bad word, or they don't mm-hmm. know that this is something that you do not talk about. Mm-hmm. Because there's also not a, a deep, mature reference of understanding the impact that one body has on another body, mm-hmm. and thus one heart has on another heart. Right. Because we're created to be attracted. Absolutely. I mean, we want that Absolutely. in our marriage, right? Absolutely. And so it's, it's where is our sin in that? Right. But even it sounds like that isn't the, t- you don't want to, that's not the main gist of the conversation. No, it's, it's not. normalizing it, mm-hmm. saying it happens. Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly why. And this is what we can do exactly. to help our, all, brothers. Our, our brothers and sisters. Yeah. yeah. So we just, you know, it's like protect, it's a way to protect you as a girl it's also a way to protect the boys, too. Yes. Yeah. And you're right, Taylor, with what you're saying. That's the other piece. When children are exposed at such a young age, and those, and I know I, I, know I say it and people laugh, but I'm being very serious. Those tingly feelings mm-hmm. come mm-hmm. up. It's that awakening, mm-hmm. and that awakening into being sexual, that sexuality. So once that's been awakened, children recognize those feelings and then they start to have them more often just by visuals so teaching children how to dress modestly um, but also appropriately because it shows respect respect to your peers but also respect to where you are Um, one thing I like to tell my kids is my job is to go to work and I need to look a certain way this is the flavor of how we all look at Westminster Christian Academy. Your job is to be a student. You are supposed to dress this way when you go to your schools. There are rules. You know, my oldest has a uniform, which I love. My younger two don't have a uniform, but they have a dress code. And those are the rules, and these are the rules we abide by. And if you want to break those rules, then you're going to have some consequences. So these rules are put in place to respect and honor everyone that you're around because you're there to learn yeah it's a much different conversation it is than I think what 99% of us probably had yeah well let me push the envelope a little bit further when you come to talk to our kids Mm -hmm. and I'm a parent listening to this and saying Mm -hmm. okay my fourth grader this mm-hmm. feels way too young. Mm-hmm. I'm upset with Kirk Day School because I don't want my kid exposed to that. Mm-hmm. What are you going to talk about? Mm-hmm. Girls and boys, what are you going to talk about? Because mm-hmm. what I know and what mm-hmm. I love is that it's not the birds and the bees, no, right? It's not, yeah. it's, it's not the birds and the bees. And, and I love the philosophy that you have because what you're doing is, is you're really helping parents get to the edge of the cliff, so mm-hmm. to speak, mm-hmm. saying, hey, here's where you start. Mm-hmm. And we give kids kind of preemptive thoughts at least mm-hmm. to go home and ask the right questions yes. but talk through a little bit of what you do yes um, the products that you bring in yes. kind of the hands-on activities the fun way that you mm-hmm. do it. yes I really 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 do love this um, part of my life is going in and talking to fourth fifth and sixth graders about how their bodies are going to change um, with well with both um, I will buy a bunch of toiletries I love to buy the antiperspirant deodorant, I buy the loofah, I buy the body wash, shampoo, conditioner, toothbrush, floss, toothpaste, um, nail clippers, tweezers, um, body spray, one for boys, one for girls, chapstick, lip gloss for girls. Um, and the talks are separate. Chewing gum, the, the talks are separate, yes. So when, I'll start off with the boys. My main thing with the boys, <laughs> again, my platform is no shame, Let's talk about it. What you're about to go through or what you are already going through is so normal. This is part of God's plan. It brings him glory because you guys are becoming young men and you're going to one day be a man and your body parts are going to start working in a way that they've never done before. And this is good. We talk about how to take care of your body, why we take care of our bodies, Um, It's not only to respect ourselves, but to respect those around us because we do not want to stink or have yellow teeth. (laughs) Um, We, I talk about body hair, the hair growing on their bodies. Um, We do talk 
about, you know, your two eyebrows might start to become one. And some of your dads might shave between the two eyebrows. They might wax. They might pluck. See what dad does and see if that works for you. You might, just start, you might start to see a mustache forming or some chin hairs. Um, how to take care of that. Hair under your arms, the purpose of antiperspirant or deodorant. Um, hair on your chest, hair on your belly. And then I'll do hair on your legs, hair on your feet, uh, hair on your rear end sometimes. And, of course, it gets a lot of giggles, which is really fun. And then we do talk about the penis and hair growing around the penis as well. I do mention uh, what it means to have for a boy to have an erection and um, that that is, again, for God's glory. And I will say, which is a planting of a seed that leads towards talking about sex, which I don't do, but I plant the seed so that these kids, their little gears are turning in their minds so that when they go home and they say, hey, Dad, Mrs. Fitzy said that, you know, my penis will get erect, and that's good because it means that it's about me becoming a dad. Um, I'm a man, and it'll, I'll need that one day to become a dad. What does that mean? And then moms and dads, y'all can fill in the blanks. But going back to what I share with the children, um, the reason I talk about the erection is a lot of these boys have already had the erections, of course, because that happens when they're young. But it's to let them know you're not alone. This is supposed to happen, and praise God that it's happening because it means your body is working the way it's supposed to, and this is you becoming older and becoming a man. Um, I do talk about a little bit about how ejaculation will happen. Sometimes they'll go to bed in a dry bed, and they wake up, and there's a little wetness in their sheets. And to say that is normal, that happens, that's called semen coming out of your penis, that happens, that is something that you will need to one day um, make a baby, and I leave it there. I talk about taking care of yourself, washing your hair and conditioning it. Um, some of our students don't need to wash their hair all the time. Uh, brushing your teeth, flossing, uh, using Q-tips in your ears for the love, um, clipping your toenails and fingernails. Okay, so those are for the boys. Oh, and I also talk about, you know what, you all are gaining great muscle mass because you you all are the protectors and providers. And your bodies are supposed to be strong. And, um, yeah, I took so that route. Just to clarify, you talk about bodies. I talk about bodies, yes. And, of course, bodies, there is a sexuality there is to a, it. Yes. And, and so you, but you're helping identify the changes that are occurring in yes. your prepubescent or, yes. at this point, pubescent yes. bodies in order to become men and women who have sex, as yes. we always advise, yes. after marriage, for the glory, yes. for procreation, yes. as the cultural mandate states in Genesis. Yes. So, I mean, and I'm, I'm using that, and I'm being explicit, parents, so that you know that this is not just a whimsical thing that we say, oh, this is a good place to start, but biblically, it points from right back to Scripture, and right. it points from right to our Creator. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's just boys. So mm-hmm. talk about that's girls for a second. Yep. So very similar to the boys. Um, girls, I go a little bit more in depth because we have more body parts to talk about. Very similar. Um, I do talk about how sadly we girls get mustaches, and we're all going to get them. And is that did, were those God's plan from the beginning? And we're so fallen now that we look at them and go, "Whoo, that was a really bad decision, Lord." Or um, are mustaches part of the fall? I have fun with the girls. We talk about the unibrow, we talk about chin hairs, and we talk about ways to take care of it. Very similar to the boys, but I go a step further and I talk about we become curvier. Mm-hmm. We um, are going to develop breasts. And again, I talk about that's life-giving for babies in the future. We are going to talk about... Um, hair, of course, growing near the vagina, and, um, you know, there are different holes down there. You're going to have one hole where the urine comes out. Some of y'all might say TT, which is fine, pee, whatever we use. There's another hole, which is where a baby will come out, and there will be some bleeding or um, discharge. And some of you girls might have already experienced discharge, which happens one part of the month. And about two weeks later, some of y'all have experienced bleeding. And if you haven't, some of you will. 
And I break that down for them also to say, this is a good thing. It's going to sound gross, but let's not use the term gross. Let's just say, this is different. And it's different because you have not experienced this yet. And that's because you've been a little girl. Now that you are becoming a young lady and then a young woman to becoming a woman, these things are supposed to happen, especially if God's going to give you babies in your womb. And so I break that down for them. We talk about panty liners. We talk about um, maxi pads, maxi pads with wings, and I'll talk about tampons. But I say to them, talk to mom. What does your mom use? Because that might be something that you're going to use because your body really might be a lot like your mom's. And I talk about um, how to take care of yourself during that time of month. Um, buying cute little um, bags, and I usually have a cute little bag for the girls that they can keep little panty liners in, tampons and pads. If the day ever comes that that surprises them, they are well prepped. I talk about the colors of the period, how it starts off really almost like a brownish, and it will not be a full-fledged red for quite some time. Those are just the beginning stages. And then, of course, we talk about polishing your nails and that it is fun and some some girls are ready to just do the whole makeup thing and the nails and that's wonderful that's how God has made women we love to decorate things whether it's our home our yard our car our dog our bodies we like to decorate and accessorize but I also want to talk to our our tom tomboys too because some girls just aren't there yet and to say that's fine. And even if you do have a sparked interest in maybe painting your nails like you've never had before, great. Start off with the clear. See if it works for you. Some girls are really girly, some aren't. But that's not weird. I want to say we're all made differently. Some of y'all really love the little bralettes. Some of y'all are happy with a sports bra. It's what you feel comfortable with, but it's all feminine. It's just on a different, like, feminine feminine spectrum um what about the parents who are nervous right now they're mm-hmm. they're, they're like okay i know this is good but i'm really nervous yeah why are they nervous why, why would you think that somebody's nervous or even say i don't even know if i want my child to attend right. we do make it an option so absolutely. parents don't think this is absolutely mandatory we understand that everybody goes at their own pace mm-hmm. and sometimes parents want to have a different talk with their with their mm-hmm. student and mm-hmm. we get that but if I'm a nervous parent, mm-hmm. and let's even say that uh, my kid's not attending this, let's say right. they're a second grader, and I'm already feeling this anxiety, why, why do you think somebody would be feeling that? Uh, I, because we love our children so much. And nobody can teach our children better than we can. Mm-hmm. And so for them to feel that way, of course, absolutely. And if parents want to be the ones to tell the, their children this, go right ahead. Because no one's going to teach my children better than I am. And so if they want to teach their children, fantastic. But there are also some parents that are scared but are also like, I don't even know where to start. And this is where Body of Christ comes in. And parents, I want to say to you too, the teachers have always been present. Maria Massey has always been present. Taylor Clements always been present with the boys. Um, there have always been male teachers. So there is accountability. So if ever for a second I'm in question, there are usually about four godly adults in that room holding me accountable so that no child is ever harmed with the words I'm using um, or they are never led astray uh, away from the gospel. So I I totally get it. Um, I'm about to do a reproductive unit next week at Westminster. In eighth grade, what we do is we have an entire two weeks And our science department breaks down everything about sex. They learn everything. And if y'all, if I had the vocabulary list, it's so long. But they go through the mechanics and the data of and the functionality of sex. I meet with the eighth graders for 50 minutes only, and I am talking about the social, emotional, behavioral, spiritual piece to sex. Now we've got some parents that makes them nervous. Well, rightly so, because they love their children. I'm not offended if a, child, if a parent says, I just don't want my child to attend that. That's great. But please have this conversation. Don't put this off. I'll do my part. You do your part. And so I don't go into how does it feel. I don't go into that. I go into when, we, when a husband and wife have sex, 
more happens than just physical. There is a bond between the souls. There is something that goes on in our brains, the chemicals and the little juices in our brains. There is an attachment that we have with the people we have sex with. There is a spiritual component. That is an act of worship before God. That brings him glory. And is it recreational and fun for the husband and wife? It is. Is it dirty? Absolutely not. And I also break down with the girls and the guys, if there's ever a moment when you're kissing or you're doing anything that you don't feel comfortable with, you say no. And the other person's supposed to respect that. So it's, again, more planting of seeds. It's a bit more explicit in eighth grade, but it's not so explicit that it's cringeworthy. It's a, we've planted more seeds from the scientific portion to the social, emotional, spiritual. And then if parents want to say more, say more. My biggest platform is the more that I can share and the more that I can break down for children of whatever age, whether it's two years old till 19 years old, if I can talk to these kids in the manner that I'm talking to you all now, there's no shame, there's no crazy question, there's nothing disgusting. I always point it back to the Lord. That door will remain open that kids can come back to me and say, Mm -hmm. hey, Mrs. Spitzy, or hey, Mom, I saw this last night. I'm sickened by it. Okay, what did you see? You know, and I can either say, you know what, that's part of it. That's part of sex. Or, oh, sweet girl, that breaks my heart that you saw that. That is not what God intended when he made, when he created sex. And um, I also make it very real um, because my oldest knows more. But she has come home asking questions just because her peers talk, right? Um, But I will always say this to her, or question. I'm not sure how to phrase it, but I will say, um, I just want you to remember, how does dad treat me? How does dad treat me? So whatever you hear at school, if it sounds like something that dad would never do, then that probably is not how it is. And you come ask me. I will tell you everything. On that same note... I want my children to be able to come back to me even after they're married because sex isn't always hunky-dory after you're married for years. You might have it all right from the honeymoon till year three, and then, you know, we all go through ebbs and flows. That I can have a daughter come back to me or go back to my husband and say, hey, Dad, I know this is weird, but this has been happening. Is this normal? that there's no shame. We're not looking to go into our children's sex lives, but I would rather be a resource with godly wisdom giving it to them than for my children to go to some wackadoo down the street that gives them such a tainted view of what's supposed to be beautiful. We have an opportunity to control the narrative. Yes. And praise God that we can do that. Oh, praise God. And it's really scary. And it is scary. And, you know, I think some someone at least immediately that comes to mind or Tina Fey a few different things that she's done because she normalizes a lot of yes. the weirdness mm-hmm. um, in, mm-hmm. in her humor but I, I could think of several movies several TV shows that she's been a part of where there has been this normalization mm-hmm. that while it's done in humor it's actually way more truthful right? way more truthful than what we see and right. so when I, I know when I was growing up the first time I was exposed to pornography the first time I was exposed to um, any type of, of sexual talk and, and learning, you know, mm-hmm. what, what it was quote-unquote supposed to be by mm-hmm. the worldly standards is a far cry from anything godly and mm-hmm. anything that's re- half reality, mm-hmm. right? Because it's it's just, it's to be sold. Right. So, I mean, it's it's just such a different paradigm shift that we have to take on with our yes. kids. And, and the reason why I bring that up, you're talking about eighth grade in my eighth grade year mm-hmm. in Little Cleveland Middle School. Mm-hmm. I remember a gentleman with uh, white shirt glasses mm-hmm. came in to after showing us the gross slides. Yeah, came in with his sweater and collared shirt on mm-hmm. and and stood up and talked about sex with his wife and it was the most embarrassing thing oh, and we gosh. giggled to the day as yeah. long. Yeah. But what I remember is what he said was true. You know, one of the philosophies of education that that I absolutely believe is that all truth is God's truth and yes. when it's true and glorified. And, and, and by, by the Lord and thus, you know, put into scripture, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. 
that truth is going to rise. Absolutely. And that truth is going to permeate the hearts even deeper than some of that sin, and we can praise God for that. Absolutely. And uh, another another little nugget of goodness. Um, I've begun to watch Gilmore Girls with my daughter. Oh, yeah. Love I do too, and I what I love is the conversations that come from it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, there's a lot. There are a lot of flaws with sure. Gilmore Girls. You know, I mean, Lorelai is learning to be an adult, yes. and Lorelai's mom is learning to be a mom, and then Rory is growing up alongside her mom. Anyway, there's a lot to it. However, there's so many good nuggets that I love to point to Mallory and say, "Do you did you see how Dean?" which is Rory's boyfriend. Did you see how the Dean treated one. her? He's the good one. Wait, Did what? You see? Dean's I'm the good kidding. one? Okay, I'm good. Kidding. Yes, I've seen Did Gilmore you see Girls. how Dean treated Rory? Mallory, that's, that's right. Mm-hmm. Did you see how Rory talked to Dean? She didn't go to all her friends and ask them what Dean was thinking because they can't answer that. She went to Dean and had the comment. Like, I feel like that's a beautiful <clears> thing. As I'm watching it, I'm telling myself in the back of my mind, I'm going to watch Gilmore Girls with my son. Because I want him to also see, did you see how Dean treated uh, Rory? Did you see how Rory treated Dean? That there are images that we can give our children that help give them visuals. Because we know, I mean, visual learning is beautiful. Yes, a lot of us are auditory. Yes, a lot of us are kinesthetic. But when it comes to showing how to treat people, we need those visuals. And one, I love that. One, because I love Gilmore Girls, mm-hmm. but also because then you're you're not just teaching them um, about how to treat men, women, but you're also showing them how to be critical thinkers about what they're watching. Yes. And that is so important it in is. an age where we just consume yep. what what we watch and what we see mm-hmm. and we don't think critically yes about that yes because it's all around us it so is all much yeah well that's all the time we have for now <laughs> i think there uh, there's about a million other comments to make particularly mm-hmm. with sexuality and in, in, in media yes um my brain is already swirling um and it's great to see that both of you have a writing crush on amy sherman paladino <laughs> but oh 100 um, percent. oh there it is <laughs> But, but Molly, thanks for being with us. Yeah, thank you. Very appreciative. And parents, we're going to be sending out some other resources. Uh, please ask questions. Uh, we're very passionate about our kids learning what healthy sexuality is in a world that is really over-sexualized and that there's so many lies uh, given about them. Uh, you know, school philosophy is that every one of these child is an image bearer and that the, even the people that they might be lusting after the world would tell them to lust after is still an image bearer and that they are holy and precious in God's sight. And so we want to make sure that our children can respect that and love that. And so, Molly, thanks for helping us be able to do that. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right. Parents, uh, this is To Be Continued, and we will talk to you guys soon. Thanks.